The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. We are here for Hour 2 of FST, looking at some of our Thursday headlines, the Celtics at Knicks headlines tonight's four-game slate. I have to say, I'm protesting this game. I am sick of watching the Boston Celtics. I just, I, I cannot, I cannot do it with the uh, with the Boston Celtics anymore. Steph Curry is questionable due to a quad contusion. Not great for the Golden State Warriors because they have some of their starters in the health and safety protocols. Otto Porter Jr. is in the health and safety protocols. Draymond Green just returned. Antonio Brown's lawyer releases a statement on behalf of Antonio Brown, and I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but literally like three minutes ago, Bruce Arians just released his statement uh, verbally on what happened on the sidelines with Antonio Brown. And then we have uh, we have a bad headlining here. Justin Fields will not start Sunday against Minnesota. Matt Nagy said that yesterday to the media. It's not going to happen. He's on the COVID list. Andy Dalton is going to start on Sunday. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and hijack our, our first segment here. Let's talk about the rookie quarterbacks, George. Which one of them are any good? Do you, do you think any of them are any good? Is only Mac Jones good? Are we done with Trevor Lawrence? What are your thoughts on the, uh, the rookie quarterbacks? So I guess the best way to put this would be if you were drafting today, who would you draft first? Um, I don't think I would draft Mac Jones first. I don't think I, I think he, I think he's played the best. I do. I think he's sort of, uh, you know, the ceiling is limited. I don't think he's ever going to become a star star, but under Belichick McDaniels, yeah, he's going to win some football games there, but I think they protected him maybe too much, maybe too much. Maybe Bill should have let him go a couple of times here. And it may be unfair. They doesn't have great weapons around him. Fine. I'll give you that too. But I will think I would, I don't think it would be Mac Jones. I would draft first. I think I'm still going with Justin Fields. All right. I thought he should have been taken second. I did think Lawrence should have been drafted first. I thought Fields should have been uh, taken by the Jets second. Instead, he goes fourth out of these guys here. So, uh, Davis, to answer your question, I'll go Justin Fields. It's a small sample size. We haven't seen this guy play. And Lord knows when we do, he gets hurt then, uh, during the game. We don't get to see him for a month after that. But he's another guy that doesn't have the greatest weapons around him there. I'm going to say Justin Fields would be the guy that I think is going to be the best of this group right now. And by the way, we might want to include Davis Mills in this, who's played awfully well this season for a bad Texans team. I mean, Davis Mills has played better 
than Zach Wilson. And I think you could argue that Zach Wilson has played with better players, right? Uh, you know, they have a better offensive line. They have uh, now, I guess, to be fair, a lot of the, the wide receivers for the Jets who are supposed to be good are actually not very good. Denzel Mims was a high draft pick. He's not any good. We think of Jamison Crowder as good, but certainly, I mean, certainly no one on the Jets wide receiving group right now is as good as Brandon Cooks has been for the Houston Texans. Now, again, uh, Davis Mills has had a 300-yard game in a game that, that Brandon Cooks did not play. So, you know, he did it with with uh, Nico Collins and Chris Conley and Brevin Jordan. So I don't think it's absurd to think of uh, Davis Mills as the fourth-best quarterback. Now, I, I have another question for you. If the team, let's say, let's say they all got together and they did a redraft tomorrow and they could use all the information that they have right now, but all the rookies go back into the pool, do the Jacksonville Jaguars or whatever team in this theoretical exercise is picking number one overall, does the team that picks number one overall, do they take Jamar Chase? That is an awesome question. Because of what you're saying, we, we everything we know right now, so we're assuming pretty much then all these quarterbacks are not really going to hit. Now they might be NFL quarterbacks, but they're not going to hit it big because Jacksonville still needs a quarterback. In this scenario, they wouldn't get one. All right, so they'd go with a whole bunch of scrubs there or, or go into the pool and try and get one now, I guess, this year. And even this year's crop isn't all that good. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they would still take a shot at the quarterback. And maybe it's not Lawrence, but they're still going to take a shot at the quarterback because you need that. Without the quarterback, does it matter how good Chase is? Is Chase all that great on, you know, with, I don't know, is an average quarterback throwing to him? You know, I don't know what Garoppolo throwing to him. You know, probably not. With Drew Locke throwing to him, probably not. He's got Burrow. You know, so I'm going to say no. They would still, the Jaguars Jaguar would still take a shot uh, on a quarterback because, it, one, you can't have a great wide receiver without the quarterback. That's true. I mean, that is that is very fair. If Jamar Chase was in Jacksonville with Gardner Minshew throwing to him, things probably, you know, would uh, would not look all that good. I, I tend to think that Justin Fields uh, is he's shown enough for me to think that he's the number one guy because he he's ha he has a lot of tools. Now, don't get me wrong, Davis Mills, Mac Jones, they played pretty well. I also am a big Trey Lance guy. I think that Trey Lance for his lack of experience at this level. I mean, remember, before Trey Lance started against Arizona, he had not started a guy for eight, he had not started a game for 18 months, and the last game he started was basically an exhibition game because the FCS season got canceled. So just real quick, 30 seconds. Trey Lance, you in, you out, and is he the starting quarterback for the 49ers next year? I'm in? Yes. I think he's definitely the starting quarterback next year. They didn't make all those moves to get him, to, to trade those draft picks for him not to be the starting quarterback next year. Jimmy G's spun a little better than I expected this year, but Trey Lance is the man next year. Jimmy G gets uh, gets traded. Maybe to Pittsburgh, you know, a little, uh, little tweener quarterback for a team like Pittsburgh, or maybe Minnesota if they move on from Cousins. Yeah, I think that I think that's probably fair. I'm very interested. We're going to see a huge quarterback carousel this offseason, and I imagine we'll be talking lots about that on FST in 2022. Everyone, we're getting close to a break here on the show. Don't go anywhere. We have Tuesday night NBA DFS on FanDuel. We have some looks at the 2022 NFL Draft. Of course, we have Fantasy or Reality on the Sports Grid 60. Don't go anywhere. Stay on the grid. We'll be back in just a moment. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid TV. I am Davis Maddock, joined in this segment by our producer, Brett Levy. We're going to take a look at NBA DFS tonight on FanDuel. We have a four-game slate with the Boston Celtics at the New York Knicks. We have the Detroit Pistons finally getting some guys back off of the health and safety protocols, traveling to play at Memphis. We have the Golden State Warriors maybe without Steph Curry against the New Orleans Pelicans and uh, a you know potential very important matchup with the Los Angeles Clippers without Paul George playing against the Phoenix Suns. That Clippers-Suns game has far and away the highest total of the night. And uh, Brett, let's go ahead and take a look at the lineup that you have procured for us tonight, starting with the backcourt. Yeah, so uh, Reggie Jackson did not play well in his last game, Davis. So uh, I'm going to be all over Reggie Jackson tonight. Uh, Hopefully he can bounce back. He's kind of a hot and cold player, can score big some nights. Uh, Some nights he can even fill up the stat sheet getting some assists and rebounds as well. So hoping for a big night from Reggie Jackson in a big game. I think him and Eric Bledsoe most likely going to be starting in the backcourt there. Chris Paul, uh, again, you know, there's this is just the biggest game of the night, Davis. So uh, I think Chris Paul is going to have to play some pretty substantial minutes in this one to uh, win the game here. Also kind of a re- revenge game, uh, I guess. You yeah. Know, he played a lot of years for the Clippers, but I, he's, I guess he's had a few opportunities to go up against them since he's left. Uh, Gary Payton the second has just been really good for the Warriors, and I'm kind of just betting here that Steph is not going to play injured on the second night of a back-to-back. So I'm taking a swing at Gary Payton early. Uh, if I find out Steph's in later, Davis, maybe he comes out of my lineup. But um, I actually had a situation like this a few nights ago where... I thought Julius Randle was 50-50 to play for the Knicks, so I was like, I'll put R.J. Barrett in. Maybe I'll take him out later. I end up keeping R.J. Barrett in, and he uh, started the game really well against the Thunder, so maybe I don't take Gary Payton out. Maybe I let it ride and uh, hope for some R.J. Barrett luck. And Devontae Graham uh, last night, Davis, hit seven three-pointers. Not not many people are talking about because Oubre hit nine three-pointers last night, if you could believe it, Davis. So... Devante hits seven, uh, but again, New Orleans, second night of a back-to-back. Nikhil Alexander-Walker has completely fallen off for the New Orleans Pelicans. Devante shooting a ton of threes for this team. He's got the ball in his hands all the time as the primary ball handler. So, um, look, I'm I'm hoping for a good game from Devante. He's a little bit up and down all season long. Has not been the most consistent performer, but he's had some good nights. I'm hoping his hot shooting can continue. I uh, I absolutely love to use Reggie Jackson when the other stars for the Clippers are out because Reggie Jackson, uh, we, we talk about this all the time with NBA DFS. I mean, that guy thinks he's a star. You know, Reggie Jackson has played with Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. I mean, how many how many stars has Reggie Jackson played with? 
and he thinks he's better than all of them. So when they're not out there, you know, if uh, Paul George isn't standing there saying, hey, man, I, I want to get some shots up too. Reggie Jackson, I mean, he's going to get 25 shots up tonight against the uh, against the Suns, so love that. I think Chris Paul is really underpriced at 7,800. He should get close to 35, 36 minutes. Uh, love Gary Payton Jr. with Steph Curry out. Also should mention Jordan Poole is priced at 5,700. He is probably going to get to start at point guard tonight in the backcourt with Gary Payton, the second out. And then uh, Devonta Graham seems fine. I think uh, campaign is an option. Dylan Brooks is an option against Detroit. And then we will, uh, we will see how much uh, we will see what the starting lineup is for the Detroit Pistons, but there might be uh, some guard value there. Now, Brett, let's take a look at who you have going for us in the front court. Yeah, so I'm going to this Golden State uh, New Orleans Pelicans game, Davis, and I'm just going to take both wing players uh, because I think there's a good opportunity they could both lead their team in scoring tonight if Curry doesn't play. Wiggins could potentially lead the Golden State Warriors in scoring, and Brandon Ingram's the most likely candidate to lead the Pelicans in scoring every night. So uh, I'm looking for a lot of scoring from the small forwards. Neither one particularly known for their defense either, Davis, so that's a good matchup. Uh, Trey Lyles is kind of my cheap guy on the slate. Um, probably going to be playing a lot for the Pistons tonight. Pistons are down in their front court. We actually got an update the other day. Kelly uh, Olenek has not resumed like any light training yet, and originally it was thought to be uh, his injury would only be six weeks, Davis, but we're now like eight weeks into this thing, and no update on Olenek, so... Uh, could be a lot of Trey Lyles in the future for the Detroit Pistons. Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I really like this Grizzlies young core, Davis. And uh, look, John Morant has been sensational. If you want to spend up for him, you can. But I like dipping down into the second-tier players on the Grizzlies, going after Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. And Valanchunas uh, going up against the Warriors is a pretty big mismatch, Davis. They don't really have anyone that can guard him, so uh, I would expect an easy double-double tonight for Valanciunas. Yeah, uh, that's actually one of my favorite things in NBA DFS is to use the big centers who are good at scoring against the Warriors. Now, that that is assuming that they don't get ran off the court, which does happen sometimes, right? I mean, this is what uh, this is what the Warriors do to you know teams like the Utah Jazz. They used to do this to the Cavaliers back in another lifetime, but they would run. Uh, you know, Tristan Thompson off the court. That was like what the death lineup did. But it's a lot harder for the death, uh, the death lineup to work when Draymond Green is working his way back. Andre Iguodala is out. He's on the health and safety protocol. Steph Curry might not even play tonight. I think Valanciunas looks like one of the strongest plays of the, uh, honestly, one of the strongest plays of the slate. We also have some of the secondary Clippers wings guys. We have Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum. Uh, those guys are all eligible at small forward, and uh, Batum and Morris are eligible at power forward. I think those guys look like pretty strong plays in this slate. Uh, some of the other guys at power forward on the other side of that game, honestly, Draymond against the Pelicans. If Curry does not play, he'll kind of be playing point forward in this game, should have the ball in his hands a little bit. He's $8,000 on FanDuel. Uh, we already talked about the Memphis Grizzlies a little bit, but Brandon Clark, I will, Brett, I will never get over the heartbreak of the Oklahoma City Thunder 
selecting Brandon Clark and then trading the pick immediately to the Memphis Grizzlies. I thought Brandon Clark was just the perfect fit on this rebuilding team. He's young. He's athletic. I mean, just what a bummer that Brandon Clark is not a member. I mean, just imagine Clark and Dort. You'd, you'd never be able to score on those guys on the wing. Yeah, uh, Brandon Clark, really good player, Davis. I guess, you know, just to play devil's advocate, right? Brandon Clark wasn't really that young coming out. He was a five-year college player and did a prep year. So I think he was like 24 when he was drafted. Now that doesn't take away how skilled of a player he is, Davis. Uh, very talented player. So uh, I appreciate your frustration, but you know, Grizzlies probably saw it as an opportunity to get a guy a little more advanced for a rookie. And uh, the Thunder thought, saw it as an opportunity to add to their pick uh, whatever collection of draft picks, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, it was probably a win-win for both teams long-term. Uh, he probably would have been a little ahead of schedule for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, I mean, you're right. I know. But it's, uh, it is kind of one of those things where as a, as a member of a, a, fa a fan base for a tanking team, you just don't love to see guys they passed up on do really well for the team that drafted them because I, I'm not even thinking, oh, Brandon Clark is going to be on the next team that, uh, you know, makes the Western Conference Finals for the Thunder. I'm thinking, oh, Brandon Clark is going to fetch a lottery-protected first-round pick from the Lakers, from the Clippers, from whoever. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, Sam Presti would be able to turn that asset into uh, – you know, more draft picks probably in the future because that's the Thunder way. Everyone, we are going to run into break here real quick on Fantasy Sports today. When we get back, George and I are going to take a look at the projected order of the 2022 NFL Draft and some of the guys who are relevant for fantasy. See you guys back on FST just in a moment. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Amatic, joined by George Kurtz. Just another update here on legalized sports betting in New York. That's going to go live 9 a.m. Eastern time. You're going to be able to fire up your FanDuel sports betting app, all of your sports betting apps. You're going to be able to... Uh, Wake up on uh, on Saturday morning, crack open, uh, crack open your eyes, roll over, grab your phone, and start immediately firing. Uh, you know, three team parlays. You're going to be able to bet on my Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. So big step there in New York. Of course, a big step for Sports Grid, as so many of our uh, on air talents and production team and management team are there in New York. There'll be no more uh, trips on the train over to New Jersey. For, uh, for sports betting, you'll be able to do it from the, from the safety and comfort of your own home, from the office. And uh, I hope they, hope they get working on uh, legalizing poker in New York and uh, in surrounding states. I can't, can't wait for the return of legalized online poker to the United States. But, George, we are going to take our first look here on the show at the 2022 NFL Draft. When we win, we lose. When we lose... We win. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars picking first overall, the Lions picking second overall, the Texans picking third, the Jets picking fourth, 
and the lowly, lowly, always love to twist the knife on the New York Giants picking fifth. Now, my question is to you, do any of these teams take a quarterback, these projected top five teams? The Jaguars take Lawrence number one overall. The Lions are paying Jared Goff a, uh, a bucket full of money, I believe uh, $21 million guaranteed per year. He's got multiple years left on that contract. The Texans have Davis Mills. They maybe, maybe don't have Deshaun Watson. We'll see. The Jets just took Zach Wilson, and Daniel Jones has a year left on his contract. What do you see happening with those top five picks? You know, yesterday I did a show with uh, Cam Stewart and Scott Wetzel. Uh, and on that show, I actually asked them sort of the same question, but a little different. I asked them, when is the earliest a quarterback will be taken? And most people think it's either Pickett or Corral, that they'll be the top two quarterbacks taken. And I asked them, will any be taken? And I think in the, I said the top eight picks. And they both said no. You know, that's how bad a quarterback draft this is. There are no great quarterbacks here. Now, I, for one, think there will be taken in the top eight, mainly because, well, Detroit needs a quarterback. Houston's going to need a quarterback. Jets, no. I think the Giants need a quarterback, but maybe they go a trade route and go for someone like Russell Wilson instead here. But they, they need a quarterback. Daniel Jones isn't the answer there. And as we've seen in the past, quarterbacks get overvalued. The quarterbacks are rarely, rarely are they a top pick in the draft. They always are a top pick, but they rarely are they a top pick. Usually it's a you know a defensive end, pass rush, sometimes a cornerback or a wide receiver. That's the top pick. But the quarterback gets pushed up there because you can't win in the NFL without one. Now, I think next year is going to be different, Davis. I think Pickett and Corral are going to go top eight, top ten, but not number one. So I think Jackal's in a conundrum here. They need a, uh, they don't need a quarterback, but I think on a normal year, they would love to be able to trade down to a team that does need a quarterback and get a bucket full of draft picks here. But I think no. Uh, I think to answer your question, I don't think Jackal's taking a quarterback. I don't think a quarterback's going at number one, and I don't think they're going to get that bounty to move down. I think they're taking the defensive end there, whose name I can't remember right now, but I think that's who they're going to have to go with here. So I don't think a quarterback's going number one. I think the earliest the quarterback will go, I don't know if it'll be even top five, because I think the teams may look to trade down a little bit and go for different players here until Pickett goes at, at six to eight range. But like I said, Houston needs one. Detroit needs one. Do they pull that trigger or do they try to trade down a few spots and then get the quarterback, like I said, in the uh, the back half of the top 10, not the first half? All right, we have the, uh, the back half, which is this is where I, I can see uh, teams trading up or just straight up taking a quarterback. I mean, probably no team other than the Denver Broncos would see a step up in their stature in the NFL with a quarterback than the Carolina Panthers. You know, if the Panthers do take Pickett or Corral or Malik Willis or whoever, and that guy ends up being good, I think the Panthers are immediately a 10-win team. DJ Moore, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Robbie Anderson, great complimentary wide receiver. And the offense has been bad this year, George, but the Panthers' defense has been phenomenal. I mean, they really have been good all season long. They have a bunch of impact players on defense. Now, Matt Rule is a loser, and I think, unfortunately, he will probably uh, not do a good job with this pick. So it is what it is. The Jets pick again here. The Giants pick again here. The Washington football team, another team, that uh, has the pieces, right? They, they have McLaurin. They have, uh, you know, they well, I guess their defense was really bad this year, but they have a lot of individually good players, which is, is sort of interesting from a structural perspective. And then I have no idea what the Falcons are going to do. It feels like the Falcons are just a total mediocre, middle-class, stuck-in-purgatory NFL team. So what do we see these five teams doing? Yeah, Carolina's interesting because people think they're going to trade for a quarterback. 
Well, the problem is any quarterback you trade for is going to come with a major salary cap hit, and you're already paying about $19 million for Sam Donald. That's guaranteed. All right, so uh, what an awful trade that is. Uh, you traded Sam Donald, you gave up those draft picks to get Sam Donald, and now you got to pay him next year no matter what you're doing with him. So that's rough there. Uh, so maybe they draft the quarterback instead of uh, trading for one. But I think they trade for one. I think they're going to eat it. They'll they'll pay for it in another position there. Because as you said, and I agree with you, defense is ready. That quarterback, you need a quarterback there. Maybe they're in on Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, even though I think could make this team much better than what they are already are. Russell Wilson comes to mind as well. I know Russell and his wife, uh, Sierra, seem to want to go to a uh, big city, uh, which brings us to the next team. Jets aren't taking a quarterback, right? They're fine. Giants. Giants would make some sense to go after Russell Wilson. All right. The Seahawks, they need to rebuild. I know Pete Carroll may not want to rebuild, but they need to rebuild there. They don't have a first round pick because they traded to the Jets, which is why the Jets are picking here. The only way to rebuild, a couple of number ones for Wilson. You know, maybe take a couple of one, number ones and Daniel Jones. Maybe you can work some magic with them. I don't think so, but uh, I can see that happening. I wonder if Wilson goes to New York, would seem to make everybody happy. Giants get their quarterback, Wilson and Sierra get their big city. It would make some sense. Giants have two first-round picks to play with here. You know, sort of like uh, you know, going away present from Dave Gettleman that he finally traded down and got that second uh, first-round pick. Makes some sense here. So that's where I wonder, once again, if that's going to happen. If not, will the Giants draft the quarterback and have Daniel Jones be that caretaker for a year or half a year, six games, eight games? Either way, I think the Giants have to get a quarterback in the top ten. Either they're drafting one or they're going to trade for one. I can't see them going, you know, hey, oh, we'll stand pat with Daniel Jones. I think that would be idiotic. And I, and, I, and I couldn't agree with you more about Atlanta. I don't know. I thought they should have taken a quarterback last year when they took Kyle Pitts. Not that Pitts has been bad. He's actually been pretty good. Uh, not really, not for fantasy purposes, but for NFL purposes, he's going to come pretty close. Or he may have already set the you know, most yardage for a tight end, a rookie tight end. That's great. I just don't have taken a tight end at four. I would have taken one of the quarterbacks, Justin Fields as I keep going over and over again. I think they need a quarterback. Ryan's not going to be there forever, but they keep extending his contract. I'm not so sure what they do. I hope they take a quarterback. Especially if uh, the first one, if Pickett or Corral is still there, I think they have to take the quarterback at 10. Yeah. I uh, I, I mean, Pickett, Willis, Corral, uh, these are our projected top picks right now. I do think Pickett will probably go number one. I think Corral will go number two. Malik Willis. Uh, Malik Willis is going to have to be a GM or a head coach who either one feels like they can't get fired, right? So that's like Mike Tomlin. Steelers are not going to fire Mike Tomlin. He'll have that job as long as he wants it. Or the exact opposite, a coach and GM who think they're about to be fired. And so they're just going to try and do something to remedy that situation. Because Malik Willis is, um, you know, he is a guy that I think we're going to see more and more of these guys be drafted highly. He is a Super athletic running quarterback, ran for over 2,000 yards in college, uh, played uh, at Auburn originally, and then transferred. Uh, in fact, he he barely was used at Auburn. He was mostly used as like a wildcat quarterback, then transferred to Liberty, over 2,000 rushing yards, 30 rushing touchdowns. I mean, really phenomenal rushing quarterback, but not as solid, not as accurate, 12 Touch or 12 interceptions and 27 touchdowns playing as an independent at Liberty. So again, kind of similar to Trey Lance, actually. Not that uh, not that they play the same way. Lance is a bigger guy, more of a short yardage rusher. Willis is more of like a scrambler, kind of more like how uh, Lamar Jackson runs. Though I don't, I think Lamar Jackson is the best running quarterback in NFL history, and I, I don't think uh, I don't think teams should be trying to draft guys, being like, oh, this guy's going to be our Lamar, because because Lamar is is um, unparalleled. And 
I have to say, George, this is my opinion. None of the wide receivers in this class are going to be as good as Chase or Jefferson or Waddle or CD, uh, any of the the real studs the last couple of years. I think these guys will be more in the Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith category of guys. Like they'll be good contributors, but I don't know if I see any you know future multiple time like pro bowlers in this draft class at wide receiver. I agree with you. I think we can get some uh, solid, top, solid uh, NFL wide receivers here, but no superstars, no game breakers of that sort here. But I think there are guys out there to grab. And once again, can't say this enough, the NFL is a quarterback-driven league, which means it's a wide receiver-driven league. You can't hit these guys anymore. You can't touch them. So you need these guys. You need these guys to win in the NFL over and over again. Wide receivers will be a hot commodity. You know, no one's even talking about running backs. Right? And we haven't done that last few years. Unless you're an out-of-the-world running back coming out of college, you're an afterthought. Uh, we, we sort of uh, we, we poo-poo whenever someone does take a running back in the first round. What are you doing? What are you doing? Maybe we're all over Urban Meyer when he took uh, Etienne in the uh, 27th pick overall last year. What are you doing, Urban? You have so many more uh, problems than a running back that you take a running back in the first round. Running backs can be found later. Wide receivers, uh, so can wide receivers in some drafts, but generally you want those studs early on. And I agree with you. No super studs here, but still some good, solid players. Yeah, some some good solid players. I love the NFL draft. Honestly, we're going to be doing. I mean, we're going to be doing loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of NFL draft coverage here on the show because we can't talk about baseball yet. So we're going to be getting deep in the NFL draft, and I'm very excited to go deep, find some sleepers in here, talk about their impact on dynasty fantasy football. So just a, a little tasting of the NFL draft content here on the show. Everyone, we're going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on FST. When we're back, we'll be rejoined by Brett Levy for Fantasy or Reality. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Manick, joined by George Kurtz. Before we get into fantasy or reality, I need to remind everyone to give us a follow over on Twitter, at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. If you guys will go ahead and follow those handles, you are going to get the best injury news. Uh, you're going to get all the updates you need for your fantasy football teams. You're going to get big line movements. You're going to get highlights from this show, Fantasy Sports Today, in-game live. You're going to get Pharrell Coast to Coast, all of the amazing stuff that we have going on in the network. You're also going to have uh, some clips that we were uh, launching about sports betting legalized in New York. We already have George and Brett getting ready. They're downloading all the apps on their phone. They're getting their money ready to uh, to deposit. You know, there they're going to be lots of sign-up bonuses available for you guys. George, I am, uh, I'm jealous, buddy. You're going to have, you know, the Islanders plus five goals or whatever. They're going to be doing whatever they can to get you to sign up and get some money on the books. I, I love the, uh, I love the deposit bonuses and the bet bonuses that uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook does in newly legalized states. Listen, it's been a long time coming in New York. Uh, I listen. I know I work for a gambling network. I get it in sports grant, but I never understood why it's uh, legal. Why are you tell me what I can do with my money? Never understood that. Uh, I understand some people may uh, abuse it, but that's that was never going to change, no matter what you do here. So I am very thankful that it's finally legalized here. Uh, and I didn't even know about it until our producer told us uh, what about an hour and a half ago, nine a.m. Saturday morning. Certainly looking forward to that. And uh, 
Uh, it won't be an Islander game for my first bet, though. The Islanders don't play again until next Thursday. Yep. All right, everyone. Well, it's time for uh, everyone's favorite segment on broadcast television, Fantasy or Reality with Brett Levy. All right. Well, Cam Akers was back at practice yesterday going full speed. He's full ready to go. Sean McVay even said he expects him to play this week. But Sean McVay, known liar, as we've pointed out multiple times on this show. So, George, we'll start with you for this one. You believe Sean McVay and Cam Akers will play in Week 18. Is this a fantasy or reality? When can you tell a coach is lying? When his lips move. Uh, that's my old saying there. But in this case, though, I uh, I don't think he's lying. I think he is going to play. He was lying two weeks ago. Now, he's been saying this for a couple of weeks. He's going to play in week 16. Then he's going to play in week 17. Uh, now he has to play in week 18 for a couple of reasons here. Uh, the main one is they need to see what he can do. They go into the playoffs. All right, I don't think he's going to play, uh, you know, 30 touches or anything like that, but I think he'll get 10, 12 touches, somewhere around there. Sony Michelle might still be your guy going into the playoffs here, so he still has to play to keep in that groove, and it's a game they need to win. So if they were to lose this game and Arizona wins, well, then they're the wild card team, and Arizona gets the, the first-round home game. So uh, they're playing to win this game against San Fran, a team that they've lost to five straight times, by the way. So it's an interesting little conundrum there. Cam Makers is an honest surprise as anybody. He just tore his Achilles six months ago. I can't believe he's coming back. And I know I've seen some of the doctors uh, there go, oh, this is not a good idea here, but he looks good. You know, and the team doctors have cleared him. I guess I'm okay with it. His agent doesn't complain about it. Why should I there? I wish nothing but the best for care makers, but this is the reality. He is going to play a certain amount of snaps on Sunday for the Rams. Yep, I uh, I could not agree with George anymore. As long as Akers wants to play, the coaching staff wants him to play. You know, I I don't really see any reason why he shouldn't. And uh, like, look, as you mentioned, they do kind of need him because Daryl Henderson is on the IR right now. He injured his leg. Uh, I don't think they want to go into the playoffs with you know just Sony Michelle and Jake Funk as their running backs. I think they would like to be able to get Sony Michelle a couple touches here and there, or uh, Cam Akers a couple touches here and there. Now, so I think this is a reality. Cam Akers is going to play in Week 17, and remember, he was only removed early from the designated for return IR because they wanted him to have a season invested for his pension, which, uh, you know, I think that was a, a nice thing for the Rams organization to do for Cam Akers. We don't have any precedent for anyone returning this early from an Achilles injury. Uh, we do have something similar with an ACL injury. If you remember, I believe 20 18 it was when uh, Hunter Henry tore his ACL for the then uh, San Diego Chargers. He tore his ACL. He came back in the second week of the playoffs in the divisional round in a game that the Chargers lost to the Patriots. I think he played about 20 snaps, wasn't targeted, uh, didn't have a reception, but did come back and play. I think we're looking at a situation similar to that. You know, Akers probably gets three or four uh, you know, three or four carries, maybe a target or two. Sony Michelle certainly is going to handle uh, most of the workload here against Arizona, but I think they would like Akers to see some live action so they know that they can use him in the playoffs, Brett. All right. Well, last night, Dirk Nowitzki got his number retired by the Dallas Mavericks. 
Henrik Lundqvist number is going up into the rafters at MSG later this month. But a lot of people think that uh, jersey retirement ceremonies are just used to sell tickets. So Davis, we'll start with you for this one. Jersey retirement ceremonies are a big deal. Is this a fantasy or reality? You know, I think it really comes down to the specific athlete that there are Dirk is globally beloved, right? Every who who doesn't like Dirk? He he could go, you know, the Mavericks could go to any and they travel anywhere in the NBA and people would come to to watch Dirk play right back when he was playing. Uh, you know, and and I think the same is true for guys like Steve Nash when they were playing. So those jersey retirements are a big deal. You know, when uh, when the Warriors eventually retire Steph Curry's number in jersey, that's going to be a huge deal. People will be flying out. It'll be this big crazy deal. Um, now there are more like regional superheroes, you know, guys who are really important for their teams and they're going to get their numbers retired. Uh, you know, cause some, some of my Kansas city Royals, right. When George Brett got his number retired for the Kansas city Royals, big deal in Kansas city, big deal in Kansas, big deal in Missouri, probably didn't make national headlines. Uh, you know, eventually the Oklahoma city thunder, uh, they will retire Russell Westbrook's number. Uh, it, he'll probably even re-sign with the team on like a you know a one-day contract or whatever when he, when he's ready to call it quits. But I don't know if that one will be that big of a deal because Russ, such a controversial player in his time in the NBA. So I'll say it's it's a little bit 50-50. I'll say Dirk's jersey retirement ceremony, big deal, very cool. But they're they're not always a big deal, George. Oh, you're you're 100 correct. Of course, it depends on the player. I'll disagree with you about George Brett not being a national thing. I think we all knew when George Brett was getting his re uh, jersey retired. Uh, great player, George Brett. Uh, as the Yankee fan, uh, I, I'll, I can never forget once again when he went uh, ballistic after Tim McClellan, the umpire, called him out on, uh, in the July uh, baseball game for having too much pine tar on the bat there. And he, man, you talk about a man who looked like he was going to just uh, have a conniption and explode. That's what I think of with George Brett. As with jersey retirements, it all depends upon the player. Do teams milk it, and do they retire jerseys sometimes for players who don't deserve it? Absolutely. All right, I, I just laugh at this. I'm like, you, this team retired this guy's jersey, and he played two and a half years for them? What's going on here? You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? And listen, Yankees have done that with some players that I'm like, oh, really? This guy's getting his jersey retired? Mm, not so sure I would do that. He's not that kind of player. And in my mind, I don't know if you need to be a Hall of Famer to get your jersey retired from a team, but you have to be pretty damn close. I mean, pretty damn close, at least when you're talked about on the Hall of Fame. You know, that sort of thing there. So it all depends upon the player here. Do I like them? Absolutely. I've been to a number of them, maybe they're at Islander games or Yankee games, because I like to like the retirement ceremonies there. I'm the guy who likes the old-timers games. Uh, maybe not as much now as I used to, but I like going to the old-timers games, because once again, you get to see your heroes growing up, uh, stuff like that. So it, Davis is right. It all depends upon the players. There's really no way of answering this question. I guess I'll go with reality, because I think in reality, more teams do retire the right people than the wrong people. I would probably say it's three to one. You know, every now and then you get that guy like, what is this team doing? But for the most part, they only retire the jerseys of the players who they should retire from. So I'll say this is reality. All right. And obviously, Royal Great George Brett, named after both of us, George. Uh, they knew the FST power duo was coming, so they, they named their kid George Brett. Uh, but our last question of the day is about the Grammys because we got news that the NFL is looking at uh, contingency plans for the Super Bowl and the Grammys, which also take place in L.A., 
have been postponed. So, George, we'll start with you for this one. You care about the Grammys being postponed? Is this a fantasy or reality? The only reason I know that the Grammys were postponed before I saw this question was because when I was at the gym this morning and I'm reading the newspaper, I read the newspaper through the phone, okay? I don't have an actual newspaper. I don't want to hear from people. Uh, so it was in the paper that the Grammys were postponed. It's the only reason I know. No, I don't care. All right, uh, Grammys is what? That's music, right? And I don't follow today's music whatsoever. I think I stopped doing that in the 90s somewhere. Uh, and I don't know if I cared about the Grammys even back when I cared about music, for that matter. Uh, so no, I don't care about the Grammys were postponed. Probably the right thing to do, rather than have another super spreader event here, so I certainly get it. I think I read another award uh, maybe the Golden Globes is going to happen, but without a host, without guests, without anybody, well, then, then how do you have a show? I mean, are you just going to like put it on the screen? You know, this guy won this, this girl won that. I don't know. So uh, I don't care about any awards, guys. I don't care about the ESPYs either. I don't care about the Oscars. I don't care about the Emmys. Don't care. Uh, yeah. So I don't care about the actual award show of the Grammys. I've never, I've never watched it. Uh, I don't even know who normally, uh, like, I, if you ask me to name someone who's hosted the Grammys, I wouldn't know. Academy Awards, same thing. I mean, maybe maybe in a year where, like, I've watched a bunch of movies, I would care about the Academy Awards. Uh, I, I do remember a couple times caring about who won the Grammys because it, it feels like they always give the worst possible rap album uh, of the ones who are eligible they it's like they always give it to the worst mo most milk toast one i remember kendrick lamar lost to macklemore the year that they both had an album out and it was just like what's even the point like what are we what are we doing here why why would macklemore ever win best rap album over kendrick lamar it's just it's just one of those things that's uh you know like who cares i mean george this uh this is the kind of thing that neither you or i care about and now question have you ever watched an award ceremony for sports, for NFL, for NHL, for NBA? Have you ever watched a sports award ceremony? Uh, I watched the first couple of years of the ESPYs. I did watch those. Uh, I remember the one with Samuel Jackson hosted. That was the last one I watched, by the way. And then I just, I, don't, I just don't care. I don't care who wins these awards. I just don't. And it doesn't mean it doesn't help me at work. I'm not going to talk about it all that much. And generally, I might disagree with it anyway. So there's, there's just no point to me to watch. But the first couple of years of the ESPYs, yeah, I watched those. But other than that, I've never watched the Oscars or the Academy Awards, the Grammys. The, I just, like I said, it, mean, it means very little to me. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything to me either. I mean, I remember, um, like, I remember probably a time in my life where I would have watched the ESPYs, like, when I was, like, 18, 19, 20, because I was so obsessed with sports then. And uh, not that I'm not obsessed with sports now, but in a much different way because it's my job and I'm playing so many fantasy sports. Sometimes that, that day off in summer, because when the ESPYs is supposed to happen, it's supposed to happen, right? It's, it's the day in between the last day of baseball and when the All-Star game happens. But I think now, uh, now that I'm almost 30, a little bit older, been doing this a long time, I think I kind of enjoy that, uh, that day off from thinking about sports. So I don't think I've watched the ESPYs in a while. Everyone, uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap up the show here on Fantasy Sports Today. We will be back with the Sports Grid 60 here in just a moment, so don't go anywhere. Stay on the grid. George and I will be back with you in just a second. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. And as always, we end the show with a little something we like to call the Sports Grid 60. Take it away, George. All right, so as we were talking about a couple of times in the show, we can finally bet legally here in New York starting Saturday morning at 9 a.m. So Brett Levy and I can rejoice, and away we go here. Need to be careful this weekend, though. All bettors need to be careful this weekend. It's week 18 of the NFL season. You need to do your homework. Find out who's going to play their starters for what amount of time here. It was like Green Bay. LaFleur is only going to play his starters for a couple of series here before he gets them out of action here. Uh, you need to know what coaches can you take their word for it. McCarthy said the Cowboys are going to play their, their people. But he said this earlier in the week. Now the Cowboys have lost Parsons. They've lost Tyron Smith. It's pretty much a meaningless game Saturday night here. You need to be very cautious about these games. The last thing you want to do is put a big amount on the game and realize, oh, great, Dak Prescott played the series. You know, Elliot, Elliot, who probably should be playing at all, played a series before they start pulling everybody uh, for the backups here. Be careful this weekend. Be very careful. That's uh, that is some very good news. On the other hand, George, I would love for uh, listeners and viewers of Fantasy Sports Today to get inside the heads of the coaches and uh, make some wagers for that perspective. And I actually have one for you guys. I, I've been thinking through, you know, the motivations for some of these games. And Craig and I are going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow. But I have a narrative for the viewers here at home, which is that the Buffalo Bills, let me tell you, they want to win this division. They want to show Bill Belichick they're the boss, right? Sean McDermott, how clear is it that Bill Belichick is in Sean McDermott's head? So right now, the point spread on that game is 16 and a half. The Jets have nothing to play for. They don't care. The Bills have everything to play for. We love the Bills. Minus 16 and a half points. Get inside the mind of Sean McDermott. Everyone, that's going to do it for us here today at Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid TV. Stay on the grid for the rest of your today. Thank you to George. Thank you to Brett. Thank you to everyone over at LTN. Stay tuned, and we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.